Check that mic out. You got it? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Talk about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Here are the King's men. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dennis. This is Josh. Um, thank you for tuning in to this podcast. We certainly are appreciative of it. Um, before we start, we're going to go into a um, time of prayer. Um, we've always found that praying before anything always seems to make it better. So here we go. Bye, hit. Dear Heavenly Father, today I want to thank you, God, for Josh and I being able to come in here, Lord, and try to spread the, spread the gospel of everything that you do for us and everything you will continue to do, Lord. May you give us the words of wisdom, give us the words that are coming from you and not from our own power, God, so we can reach and have effectiveness throughout everyone that's listening, Lord. Thank you for this day you've given us, God. Thank you for all the many blessings that we often take for granted, Lord. I just want to say thank you. I love you. You can do everything but fail, God. And that's a great thing about you, God. You never fail us. You never have and you never will. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Yeah, like Dennis said, we thank y'all for tuning in. Um, it's hard to believe, you know, three episodes in already to the podcast. Um, we've already had such a great outpouring of support, and we really appreciate you all listening to this and, and supporting us because uh, this is definitely outside of my comfort zone. Um I'm I'm not a, a speaker or teacher or anything like that, so this is this is all new to me. But um, you know, I'll definitely give my best shot. And where the Lord is 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 in something, He'll bless it. So, um, Dennis, what are we uh, what are we talking about today? Okay, today we're going to talk about divine intervention. God steps in. So the definition of divine intervention is the involvement of a deity, in this case God, in the affairs of human, um, or quite simply put, when God step in and changes the outcome of a situation. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a look at a few examples in the Bible of divine intervention, uh, maybe have a few personal life stories of divine intervention, and um, and just take a look at it, at, you know, how, how the Lord... Uh, the Lord works and how he is omnipresent, which means he is everywhere um, at, at once. Um, matter of fact, uh, the definition for omnipresent simply means that uh, present in all places at all times. So that's that's pretty cool that God can be with everybody and everywhere all at once. Um, we tend to put God in a box sometimes um, and kind of take him out when we need him, unfortunately. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is he, he's all around us all times working things out for, for our good. Um, and we'll take a look at some of that a little bit later. Um, <clears throat> Looking, uh, one, one verse of scripture I had was actually Romans 8.28, and it says, we know, for, we know for those who love God, all things work together for good of those called those." who are called according to his purpose. And that is, that is very true. Um, Dennis, can you, can you speak about being called according to his, his purpose? Yeah. I've, being called to his purpose is something that a lot of us never even recognize. Um, we're all called to his purpose to you know, serve the one who's the creator of all. But when you're called to his purpose, for me it was a, it was a, um, a feeling that was inside that, a hunger that I just couldn't get, you know, get taken care of. Uh, my purpose to God is to be as loyal and faithful as I can, but this podcast is part of our purpose 
the men's group is part of the purpose. Um, witnessing the people on a daily basis is a part of the purpose. Does that make any sense to you? It does. Right. It does. By the way, I'm not the theological person here. It would be Joshua more so than I. But let me give his disclaimer. He is not a pastor in no way, shape, form. Is that right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, am, I am not a biblical scholar by any means. Uh, I'm just a, a normal man trying to navigate this crazy life with the help of, of the good master. And I, I, think there's some, I think we've touched on this in the other two, but we're just regular guys that are just trying to figure this walk out. Um, we're trying to be men. You know, God's called us to be men, to be leaders um, of our families and throughout you know, the people that we interact with on a daily basis. So just understand that we are just real guys that work every day, nine to fives, and we're just trying to figure out this thing with um, Jesus. It's a, uh, it's a battle every day, but it's mm-hmm. a battle you love to fight. That's right. That's right. It's not always an easy walk. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Lord never promised it would be an easy walk, but he said he would never leave nor forsake you, and he would always have you back. So that's, uh, that's very comforting to know. Yes, sir. Um, <clears throat> another uh, verse of Scripture that... Uh, that I had that that when in studying and, and trying to prepare for this because it, Thursday night in the men's group, um, one of one of our our guys George he he brought up you know what does what does grace mean to you, and from that conversation of of grace it kind of led into stories of divine intervention mm-hmm. and how God has moved in the lives of 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 us and you know different stories. Because like I've said before, in the group we have people from all different walks of life, backgrounds, um, races. Uh, so I mean it's, you know, we are, we are a good mixture of, of, of stories and a good mixture of, of backgrounds. So we were listening to these guys talking about how the Lord has uh, intervened into several instances in their life. Uh, from, you know, from getting shot at to... Um, flipping a, a semi-truck and, and coming away with, you know, only a couple stitches. So, I mean, it, it's it's just amazing to hear how God, His hand of mercy is on you all of the time, even when you don't realize it. Absolutely. I think um, it's amazing when it happens, but it's sometimes when God steps in and makes a change in your life that you were not expecting, that you didn't see a way that it could even come to be. When it happens, it's almost like a shock to you. It's... it's it's kind of such a disbelief thing for myself. And I've got a couple of stories I'll share a little bit later on. But if you've ever had God step in and move, and there's no way that you can deny that it was the hand of God, it is a very powerful thing. Mm. Um, it's the best drug in the world you could ever have. It's like you're constantly chasing after that feeling of, you know, of, I'm not worthy to have this, Lord, but I'm so grateful that you're doing this for me. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um <clears throat> One of the, the scriptures that, that stuck out to me was uh, Proverbs sixteen nine. It says, The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And that is so true. Um, you know, we <laughs> we make plans as humans. We we, we have a, a have a goal in mind, have a destination in mind, and we make all these plans and we say, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do it this way. But in an instant, the Lord can come in and, and redirect us and put us back on, on the path that he has for us because 
his ways is not our ways, and thank God for that, because <laughs> if I was the master and commander of my life, it would be a lot more screwed up than it is now, I can tell you that. Yeah, it's, you said a mouthful there, because I mean, if I, from my direction of my life at certain times, if it allowed to go the way that I had in my head, it would have been catastrophic. And, yeah. um, and sometimes when he does you know, intervene in your life, at the moment, you can't understand the purpose. You can't understand. It's almost like it makes that situation twice as hard. But when you look at the end game, the end result, as I said a while ago, God can do anything but fail. Mm. Um, at the end result, you realize if you went the path you went, you would have failed at it. Yeah. He always has a way of putting his hand in there, whispering in your life, just always to make it come out for your good every single time. That's right. That's right. Um the Bible is is full of of examples of divine intervention, uh, just you know where the Lord stepped in and and got us out of the the messes that we humans seem to put ourselves in more often than not, um, and and I'm so glad He's there to clean up the mess because if it were up to us to clean up the mess, we would just make an even bigger mess out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, one one such story happens to be about the uh, the the three Hebrew boys uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and it it talks about in in Daniel chapter three about how King Nebuchadnezzar built a gold statue that was ninety feet tall and nine feet wide, and that he had given a decree that whenever the the music played, you know, the music from the instruments played, that you were to bow down and to worship uh, worship this idol. But um, there, were, there were people within Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom that they went and told the king, be like, look, those, those, three, those three Hebrew boys that you, uh, that, that you have over here, they, they ain't paying you no mind. They ain't, they ain't bowing down. They're not worshiping your God. And when, when the king heard that, uh, the Bible says he flew into a rage, and he ordered that uh, the the three boys, um, you know, we call them three boys, but they they were grown men, um, but you know, um, they they were just good old boys. But uh, the three boys were were brought to him, and um, and he asked him. He says, "Is it true that you refuse to serve my 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 idol and worship my gold statue?" And uh, they they tell him just flat out, and and it was it was pretty awesome at, at how they they told him you know that that we we're, we're not worshiping your idol, and even in um, in one part of the story, Nebuchadnezzar actually uh, says that they'll be bound and thrown into the furnace, and they uh, at one point they say to him, uh, let me find it here. Um, they they say to him, the God whom we serve is able to save us, but if he chooses not to, we will still never worship your gods or your statue. Mm. That's powerful. To to know that you're about to look death straight in the face and say that, no, we're not going to bow down to your statue, that our God's got this, that is a faith that I aspire to have. Yeah. I've often wondered that situation, and hopefully it never come to fruition, but if I'm ever faced with having to choose God or choose the world, that I have enough strength, if I'm looking death in the face, to choose God. Right now, it's easy for me to say, yeah, yeah, I'll choose God right now, no question. 
But when push comes to shove and you're standing down the barrel of a gun, you either got to go here or go there. Are you going to have enough strength to stay on the same path and worship God? Yeah. You know, see, you have some incredible faith. And at this moment, I have that. Push comes to shove, do I? Will I continue? Right. And I guess I'm thinking more like the marking of the beast when that moment comes, if we're alive when that moment happens. You know, yeah. So. And I'm just rambling. Sorry. Go ahead. And it... Yeah, to, to, to speak speak to that, um, Dennis, I, I really feel in, in, in my soul that it, it's going to, before the Lord returns, it's going to come to that point where we are going to be persecuted as Christians and followers of Christ on a level like we've never seen before. And, and it's not just a matter of, in my opinion, it's not a matter of if it happens, it's, it's when it happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, all, you can already see the, the culture that we live in now is is just so backwards and so far away from God seems like, um, and, and it's just it's gonna get it's gonna get worse. I mean the Bible the Bible prophesied it. It's gonna get worse before He returns, and we we know it's setting us up for the last days and the the triumph of return of Christ. And um, you know, you, in other words, you better you better get your house in order because it's it's coming a time that. Um, that it, it, it's getting ready to get here soon. I remember the first podcast I said something about uh, we're here to share light of the truth when you can't see the truth as it is. And, and what I meant by that is in today's society, if you're looking at television, there are things on TV that society says is deemed it to be okay. But if you read the Bible one iota, you realize what you're seeing on television is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we all have demons that we fight daily, and you have to fight these demons. So whatever you're, whatever you're into, the Holy Spirit's going to tell you every day, hey, you're not supposed to be doing that. So it's up to you to pray to God to give you strength to move forward and go past this. That's right. Um, so, That's but right. our society has dumbed us down. Um, if you are a Christian in America, I can only speak for America because that's where I live, you're almost looked as like you're an outcast now. Yep. 40 years ago, it was the norm. That's what people were. That's what you were supposed to do. Yep. It's, and, and you know, and I'm speaking to me here too, but it's almost like we've become numb to the fact that sin just runs rampant yeah. throughout, throughout society. It's like we've become numb to it and we, we just brush it off when really it should, it should make us uncomfortable and make us squirm, you know, and say, mm-hmm. you know, that, that ain't right. We need to fix this and, and we need to fix it now. Um, but in, in getting back to the, the story before we before we, we you know before this train completely derails, um, <laughs> getting back to the story. So when Nebuchadnezzar heard the the, the reply that the, the three Hebrew boys gave him, he he flew into a rage. I mean, he just he got super like I, I'm I'm thinking in my mind he is just he starts stamping his feet. He just starts seeing red and he just gets just snarling mad. You know, you've seen somebody snarling mad. They got that the drool dripping from them and look like a, a rabid dog. Um, I've so, done that to my dad a few times. <laughs> Snarling man. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, uh, Nebuchadnezzar ordered that the furnace that they had be heated seven times hotter than normal. And you see that number seven there. Um, seven is, is marked all throughout the Bible, you know, um, a very, very powerful number. Um, but you see the seven times hotter and that they be bound up. 
when they were thrown in. So he called um, several of his, his, the Bible calls them, you know, strongest, big, beefiest men to throw them in the furnace. And the fire was so hot that when they threw the three boys in, they were consumed by it and killed. So that's some hot stuff. Mm. And let me tell you, the fires of hell are hotter than that. Oh, the Bible talks about it being an everlasting, you know, torment and can't be quenched. Um, so you know, you, you definitely don't want to don't want to go there. Mind. That's right, that's right. Um, so the boys are in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar's sitting around. I'm sure he's probably smirking, fat and sassy to himself, like you know, hey, I just I just showed them and everybody else. When all of a sudden he peers over the rail and he jumps to his feet and he sees not three men bound up in the fire, but four men loose in the fire walking around. And he tells the people that, he said, did we not throw three men into the fire bound? He said, because I see four in the fire loose and walking around, and one of them looks like the Son of God. So they open up the furnace. The three Hebrew children come out. They're loose. The Bible talks about how their clothes and hair is not singed. It talks about how they don't even smell of smoke in there. And right then and there, Nebuchadnezzar became a believer, and he told, he told the people that... If anybody says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you will be, and the Bible says this now, cut into pieces and their house made into a dung hill. So Nebuchadnezzar was a firm believer at that junction in time. I would certainly think he would have been. I mean, your three big burly guys are consumed by the fire when they open it up. You threw three in, now there's four walking around, and one looks like the Son of God. Hmm. That would certainly put you on the straight and narrow 12 ways to, to, to tomorrow. That's yeah, right. It That's right. It, it sure will. Um, I, I tell you, I, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall to, to have seen him start freaking out when he saw that there was four people in that fire. Um, that, that would have been amazing to have seen. all. That is the hope that we can see amazing things one day. That's right. That's right. But that that that's just one story that goes to show you how how God He moves and He intervenes in in the lives of 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 us mere mortals, and how He cares about us that deeply that He spared them from uh, anguish and and, and death um, simply because they chose not to bow down to a false god and a false idol. And if you don't believe false idols and false gods exist, you just you look around society today. There are so many false gods out there that claim to have it all and to have what you need that are leading people astray. Um, I mean, there's just there's there's so much out there that you can get wrapped up in, and by the time you figure out that it's it's wrong, it, it's too late too sometimes. Late and you know we we need to we need to guard our heart and be prayed up and always put Jesus first. But intervention, um, when God intervenes in your life, it has to be one. You have to be humble. And well, I became humble when I seen Him intervene in my life. Humility is a wonderful thing to have, but it's also something you never want to go through. Um, when you are humble, it's a learning lesson. So understand sometimes when you're going through a learning lesson, if you will, that there's going to be some goodness that comes out of it. You just got to be strong enough to endure it and go through it. Mm -hmm. um, 
I'm thinking about the story you just you just told. They were strong enough in their faith to say, "Hey, whatever you do to us, we're never going to worship your God." Um, there had to be some humility in their life to get them to that point. So always understand when things are going bad and you're, and you're being humbled by God. There's a bigger purpose and a bigger plan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been several times in my life where that's happened, but um, there's always going to be those growing pains. Plenty of them. There's there's those growing pains when you're going through the struggle. But the struggle doesn't define you. It's how you come out on the other side that defines yes, you. Absolutely. Um, Dennis, you, you gave us a really great testimony the other night at, at the meeting um, about your divine intervention. Mm-hmm. Would you mind sharing that with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had one gentleman here that was telling some great stories. He was a, um, a police officer in Washington, D.C., I think he said for 34 years. He was, so to, to back up, he was in the, he, and I forgot what branch of service he was in. He was in the Army. He was in, he was in the Army for 30-some-odd years. I think he retired. Then he went to be a police officer at Metropolitan, Washington Metropolitan Police Department. And uh, then he, that's when he, he told us about his, you know, his encounter with divine intervention. That's right. And as he was telling the story, I was so caught up in what he said. He had some really good ones, and you could just feel the compassion in his heart, the sincerity of the stories he was telling. Well, toward the end, I was going to say something, but I was so caught up in the moment with his stories, I didn't. But just shortly after the meeting, I was telling a few guys here, uh, my wife works at a doctor's office here in town. (coughs) Um, She was at work one day, and she had a um, soreness in her breast. And so she had one of the PAs there to take a look at it, and she felt a knot or a lump in there. So she said, just be precautious. You need to go get a mammogram to get, get it looked at. I'm scheduled a mammogram. She goes, has it done, and they saw a knot. So from there, they needed to do a biopsy. So we're both kind of on pins and needles. Cancer runs in her family. Um, but we prayed about it a few times. You know, I felt some peace with it. But still, there's always the agonizing pit in the back of your stomach. Well, the night before we go get the biopsy done, you know, guys out there, let me go and say this too. If you've never grabbed your wife by her hand or your girlfriend and prayed with her, it is a very powerful moment because what we did that night, we were sitting there in bed. I grabbed her by our hands. Um, we were sitting crisscross applesauce right there on top of the bed, and we were praying together. And the, my prayer was this. I said, Lord, whatever you will to be done, we will accept it, and we will move forward from it. I said, but if you can see, in, if you can see it in your heart to allow this potential cancer not to be there, that would be amazing. I said, but whatever your will is, we will accept it, and it will be done. When I got through with the prayer, we both felt like we were very much at peace with it, and we would accept whatever the outcome would be. So the next morning, we wake up, we get ready to go to the doctor's office. Well, we had to go to one doctor's office and get some blood drawn for her. Um, they drew the blood. Then we had to leave that doctor's office, and right down the, the um, right down the road was the place where the biopsy was going to take place. She goes in there. I'm sitting out in the waiting room, and I'm I've got my phone out, and I got the Bible app up there, and I'm just reading through some scripture, still feeling at peace, but you know a little apprehensive, you know. And I was praying as a God, if this is your will, I understand. But if you still can see your way for her not to have anything, that'd be great. And I almost felt like when I walked in there, everything was going to be fine. Maybe it was a piece that I had. But long story short, let me get to the point of the story. She comes out the waiting room. I see her. 
She said, you ready to go? I'm like, yeah. So I walk behind her. We walk outside. I said, what did he say? She said, I'll tell you when you get in the car. Well, I immediately think this is going to be bad. She didn't want to break down there in public. She's, you know, it's going to be terrible. So I'm having a little bit of doubt. But then I just, you know, we got in the car and I said, what did you say? She said, the doctor said, I cannot biopsy something that is not there. Mm. I'm telling you guys, it was there. I'm not going to say it was there the night we prayed. I know it was there the day before. She had told me. Um, it was gone. That was a miracle. That was divine intervention. Yes. Um, when it happened, it was, when she told me that in the car, it, it shocked me so much. Like I was just blown away for like five seconds. I probably sat there on my mouth open looking silly. But um, prayer works. Divine intervention is an amazing thing to have. Yes. Yes. And you know what the wonderful thing about the, the great physician is, is that he can do surgery that don't leave no scars. Mm. He can do surgery that you ain't got to be put to sleep to. He can take it out. He can make it disappear. He can shrink it up. And no, no, no disrespect to doctors or anything like that because we need doctors. I believe that Jesus gives doctors the wisdom to, to know about the human anatomy, to, to know how to go in and, and do things, and, and I'm very appreciative of them, but they don't have the last say. Absolutely. They do not have the last say. The one who created this body from dust, and dust we will return to, he has the last say. Mm-hmm. Another thing he can do, he can heal every scar. If you got scars in your heart, if you've gone through some stuff in life that you're, you're regretful, regretful for, turn to him, he'll take care of it. That's right. They don't, they don't have to be physical ailments. They can be emotional. They can be psychological. You know, he, 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 he covers it all. He's not just a general practitioner. He is a specialist in every part of, of human anatomy. After I told that, Josh had a story. I didn't know if you wanted to share that today or not. Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, as I've mentioned, I've, I've, got, I've got two children. And uh, when the second one was born, we, we took her in for a checkup. And the doctor that we were, we were seeing said that they, they heard something when they put the, the thesoscope on, on her chest. And uh, and I can attest to it because I I heard it. Um, the doctor let me let me listen, and um, it, it kind of sounded like uh, it kind of like sounded like you had a, a, a squirt gun almost. You could quick, 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 just you know you could hear it. And what that was was it was a, a heart murmur. So we had to go to a cardiologist, and and mind you, this is a uh, this is a, a, a brand new baby. Still had that new baby smell mm-hmm. to her. Um, that we're taking to a cardiologist that we're having to get listened to. And, you know, as a parent, you, you don't want anything to be wrong with your kids. You know, that, that's probably the greatest fear of a parent is, is something wrong with your child and having them have to go through surgery. So the cardiologist talked to us and, you know, said that she, she did hear it and that there was a chance that it would, it would close up and that um, nothing would, would, you know, would have to be done. So, the whole time that I'm sitting there listening to the doctor as, as my wife is holding our, our newborn child, it was, it was like I was there, but I was not really there. I mean, because I was just, I was so at peace the whole time she was talking 
that it, it was kind of like just having a, a warm, fuzzy blanket on me, you know. Um, we, Dennis and I, we, we joke about that, you know, how, how the, the, the peace peace of God is like a warm, warm fuzzy blanket. blanket. Um, but anyway, we, you know, I was just sitting there listening, and I had total peace about it. One year from that, from that point in time, we went back for the, for the, yearly, the yearly checkup, and the cardiologist said she did not hear the murmur. Now you can you can call it what you want. You can say it grew in. You can say it you know it. The, that's that's pretty common. But I'm not going to dismiss the fact that we prayed over that and and I believe God healed it. Absolutely. I believe He closed Absolutely. it up. I don't think it it closed up on His own. I believe the great physician did it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is is one of my my personal moments of of divine intervention that He stepped in. And he, he, uh, he healed that that murmur. And today, I have an almost two year old that is running around happy that you couldn't tell anything was wrong with her at all. And that that to me is is a major blessing. And thank God they look like their mother. Good gracious! Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I said that, that out loud. That, that's that's true. My. That's true. Um, they would look kind of funny with a beard, so um, <laughs> especially them being girls. But, yeah, I think that'd be a little. <laughs> hey, but you know. Oh boy, uh, another uh, another example of divine intervention in the Bible is uh, another one of one of my favorite stories is is Moses, and this one actually comes to us uh, from the book of Exodus. It talks about. Um, Moses's mother, after he had been born, um, she had had him for for three months. The Bible says she could no longer hide him. So what she did is she she took um, the Bible calls it uh, bulrushes and and made made him a little ark and and dabbed it with slime and pitch and 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 put him in it and put him in the river. And she had uh, Moses's sister uh, look after the baby as the the little the little ark traveled down the river well it just um at that particular time pharaoh's daughter was was bathing in the river and she saw the she saw the basket and had one of her maids go and fetch it and when she saw the baby moses and he cried out she felt compassion for 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 moses and she decided that she would take him as as her own now Listen to this part real carefully here because this this is amazing at how God works in your life and intervenes. At that point, uh, Moses' sister went up to Pharaoh's daughter and said, should I fetch a, should I fetch a nurse for you for the child to, to you know, to nurse because the child was hungry? So Pharaoh's daughter said, yes. Uh, Moses' sister went back to her mother, her and Moses' mother, and brought her. And Pharaoh's daughter said, "If you will raise, if you will look after this child, nurse this child, I'll pay you for it." So right there, um, Moses's mom got her son back. Plus, she got paid for taking care of her own child. So if that ain't a God thing, you know mm-hmm. what is? <laughs> so she got paid to raise her child. Got paid to raise her own child. Um, pretty awesome. Which is pretty pretty awesome, and you know then you see uh, then you see further on in 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 the book of Exodus how uh, how Moses you know led the people out of bondage and and led them to the promised land and, and how God used his life and you know Moses he he strayed off the path 
few times. Um, but, you know, God had to redirect, say, say come on, boy, just get get back on that path. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely glad that, that Jesus does that with us um, when we stray from the path. Sometimes when you stray from the path and God intervenes and puts you back on the path, human nature at times leers back off the path. Um, and God sees that happening a lot of times. Well, he sees it happening every time. And I think at those moments when you realize you intervened to that point, you've messed it up, that you've got to have faith, pray to God to give him the strength to get back on the path. Divine intervention to me, it, it builds me your faith mm. uh, totally. So um, there's, always a, I, there's always several different purposes for what God does, I believe. I mean, it may be one purpose to direct you on the right path and get you going down a certain way you want you to, but also to develop a better relationship with Jesus, a better relationship in your faith. Um, always be looking for divine intervention. Mm-hmm. We probably have it more often than we even know. Yes, yes. And uh, sometimes it might be subtle. Sometimes you might not recognize that, you know, it's it's divine intervention. Um, sometimes you might be, you know, might have gotten up early that morning to go to work and you left the house on time, but something happens and you have to go a different route and you end up 30 minutes late to work just to have avoided an accident on the road that you would have taken. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that is an example of, of divine intervention that... You know, it, it, even though it might seem like an annoyance and it might seem like uh, something small, but it, it could have saved you your life. Or maybe the car, maybe the car didn't start the first time. You know, maybe, maybe you went out there and the battery was dead. It was for a reason. There, there was a reason behind it. it. I don't believe anything happens for chance. I believe everything is, is you know, divinely appointed, and that you, you know, you, you're supposed to be where you are when you're supposed to be there that it, it doesn't just happen i follow um a ministry on youtube when i'm riding my car i'll just play it through my speakers of the car and just listen but when i was telling a story um i don't know the specifics of where it was or what it was but it was talking about guardian angels in your life um they you know a lot of people think there's a guardian angel with you or multiple guardian angels i certainly do i think they're all around us but this young lady was walking um I think she was leaving school. She went to college. She's walking home about three blocks to her house. There's an alleyway that's a little sketchy. Um, normally she doesn't go there, but she was in a hurry to get home for whatever reason. As she's walking down through the alleyway, she sees these two guys at the very end. Um, luckily for her, she was a Christian girl. She started praying, Lord, keep me safe through this moment. Lord, keep me safe through this moment. And she kept saying that to herself, Lord, keep me safe through this moment. And she walks past the two gentlemen. They look at her. Um, and she keeps walking. Nothing happened. Well, the next day, she read in the paper about 10 minutes after she had walked past those two gentlemen um, that they actually attacked a girl, raped her, and killed her. Mm. So she was so distraught by what she had just read, she contacted the police department and asked them what had happened. And then she told them what happened to her. She walked past those two men, but luckily for her, they never touched her. Um, the cops are interested and wanted to know, was it true? And first off, so they went and spoke to the two gentlemen and said, you know, was there a lady that walked in before the, the other one? They said, yes. They said, well, why didn't you attack her? They said, because she had two big guys standing behind her. Mm. He said, what do you mean? He's like, there were two big muscular guys behind her. And like, we knew we didn't stand a chance against them. But the girl was by herself. 
guardian angels. Now, the girl didn't even know they were there. But I think her faith allowed God to intervene to keep her safe in that troublesome moment. That's right. That's right. That's that's a powerful, mm-hmm. powerful story right there. Yeah, it is. That um, so that's amazing. And who who knows just how close we come with with a brush of of death every day? You know who who knows um, if that car is gonna gonna run the red light or if that driver is gonna be distracted or if something's gonna happen. Um, you know it. We're we're just I think it was uh, it was either Leon or George in the group always says that we're a breath away from from death, which is so true if you mm-hmm. think about it. it certainly is. Um, one little tidbit: I ride motorcycles, and a lot of times you're riding your bike, you're always scanning the intersections because you see someone coming up, you want to make sure that they can see you. Well, this has happened multiple occasions. I'll approach an intersection and I'll see a car coming up to the stop sign. And something says they're not going to stop. And I let off the throttle. I brake just a little bit. And every time I thought that, they ran right through the stop sign. So that is a divine intervention. You know, that just hit me. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, the Holy Spirit is telling you, hey, um, they're not going to stop. Um, some people call that a sixth sense, I guess. I call it God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely would call that a call that a God thing. Um those little those little whispers, you know, that, that still small voice mm-hmm. that, that, that that you know, whispers to you and ministers to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well I guess that's it guys. Um as always, always look for one more. Keep your eyes open. Um keep your eye on the prize and that's Jesus guys. That's right. That's Thank right. you so much for listening to us today. Um tell your friends about us would be awesome. That'd yes. Be great. Yes. Thank you for, for tuning in and uh Again, thank you for the support. Uh, this is new to us, yeah. and uh, we're going to keep trying to bring you the word and, and bring you that encouragement that you need. And uh, we hope you're, you and your family are blessed during this crazy time and, and stay Absolutely. safe. And one day we will sound like professionals here. That's right. But as of right now, just understand we're two regular guys um, that still get nervous when we hit record. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we can take it out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Hey, just remember, you're after that one more. How do you get to one million? You start with one. Thank you guys for tuning in, and remember, we are the team.